Here we go. All right, the poison, the poison for Cusco, the poison chosen specially to kill Cusco, Cusco's poison. Ow. On a scale of one, Ow. on a scale, ah. on a scale, Ow. on a scale of one to ten, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, how would you rate your pain? Hello and welcome to Beyond the Dreams Podcast. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have my sister. Christian Allgaier. And we are here to talk all things Disney from the theme parks, the movies, the video games, TV shows, anything Disney we will talk about it. Um, so we are talking today. Uh, last week we, we covered your Galaxy Edge Adventures. You've been back there since. Uh, how was your second impression? Digging after his father and being a pilot yeah. right now. So, um, but no, it was fun and everybody liked, you know, trying to do something different. Yeah. That's good. Awesome. I can't wait to go. We're about two weeks away. Less I than know. two weeks away from Go-quick. going. quick. Thank goodness. Uh, also, this uh, upcoming Friday on the 4th is Triple Force Friday when all the new Star Wars merch comes out for. Rise of Skywalker, The Mandalorian, and Jedi Fallen Order. So, I am going to be going midnight with Mom uh, to to those. I was able to use some of my last personal time at work to come in late that Friday. Um, So that way I can get some sleep after shopping at midnight on Thursday night into Friday. Um, So, we are going to be starting off here with some... Park news. Um, Primeval World is moving to seasonal operations. Oh, that's funny. I didn't even read that. I read like that they didn't know when it was going to open. Yeah, it is now going to be a seasonal attraction, only open on Animal Kingdom's busiest days, which means it is going to be. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, Probably closing soon, I think. I think it's going to be closing. A lot of shows that go seasonal or, you know, rides that go seasonal end up closing. Stitches, you know, Great Escape is is an example of that. I just don't understand the point of it. Like, is it that much, is it really costing them that much to run it? Normally, I don't know. And it used to have a long line all the time. Yeah, so there was a, there it. was an issue with, um, a ride that was made by the same people at another park, um, same sort of track layout and everything. So I think that's why it started going into where they had to test it all the time. Uh, but yeah, we're not really sure what happened. Crazy. 
Yeah, same. Uh, and it just it's gonna make Dino Land so empty. Yeah, which you know is headed for something. Then they yeah. keep talking about it. Um. So, uh, also on the twenty seventh here, uh, the the Disney Skyliner opened up in in Florida. So these are the. Uh, well, today's the official. Today's opening. the official. Yeah, they did some. Uh, you know. Like soft opening. Soft opening on the twenty seventh, but yeah, it was announced that the twenty ninth, which is today, would be the official opening date. The Riviera Station will be opening on December sixteenth, which is the date the resort opens. Um, but yeah, so it is, uh, my friend Logan got the ride on it, um, I'm not sure, I've heard very different things, uh, I guess, compared to this, but I'm hoping that I can give this a try, uh, sometime here. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how busy it's going to be for a while, you know? Yeah, it might be busy for a bit. I mean, but the thing is, it's constantly moving. There's so many of these things, right? Yeah, so you might be good. Sure. Might be good. Um, but uh, yeah, it looks it looks nice. It you know reminds me of those. You know, we had the Skyway back in Magic Kingdom as well that closed in 1999. Yeah, but this is like yeah. enhanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a much bigger deal. Uh, much farther to go. Uh, bigger distances. Uh, and then the Mickey's Shorts Theater. You know, so Mickey Shorts is coming to replace Path of the Jedi uh, in one of the theaters there at um, Hollywood Studios. So that's the one right by um, Star Tours. They have that theater there. They're going to be playing uh, Mickey Mouse Shorts. The oh, new cool. ones, though. Any more of those? I said the new ones. Oh, yeah. The new shorts. And uh, ABC has been doing this Rise of the Resistance and Galaxy's Edge push on all of their shows and and stuff. Uh, they had on Good Morning America a first look of Rise of the Resistance. It didn't really show you too much, to be honest. Uh, but you can check it out. Um, there is a is that the same one that airs tonight at 8 o'clock? No, that, that's thing? the freeform thing. This was a short little five-minute thing on ABC Good Morning America. Oh, oh okay, okay. Yeah. I, I knew that some was tonight. But it shows, uh, you know, like this big hangar that uh, all these stormtroopers are in and everything in, uh, in the Rise of the Resistance. So looks pretty cool. You can check it Oh, sorry. It looks pretty cool. You can check it out. Um... And then a lot of just entertainment cuts have been going on through Disney World. Do you have a full list of those? Uh, yes. Um, I think here. Mostly entertainment. Um, let's see. Well, did it? Okay. It says they're expected to go into effect before October 6th. So by the end of this week, so mm-hmm. if they're not already closed, they'll be doing so or yep. canceled, you know. Um, which is the Muppets presents great great moments in American history. I'm really disappointed about that one because I haven't really been able to, hadn't been able to really stand there and like really see it. I've like walked by and seen them, you know. That's mm-hmm. it. 
Um, the Royal Majesty Maker will close at the Magic Kingdom. I'm not sure what that is. Do you? No. Is that one of stores? No, it's all entertainment stuff. That's true. So I don't know what that is. Um, the Move It, Shake It, Dance, and Play It Street Party will reduce to two shows per day, which I think is fine. Like, how many did they have? Um, what do you... Uh, they had a good chunk of them. I think, like, five. Dang. Um, I kind of feel like they should do something to change that up, too, but... Uh, at Disney, at Hollywood Studios, the Lightning McQueen's pit crew mm-hmm. and Incre- Incredible Super Shindig will both close, which that's disappointing as well. I'm not really sure Yeah, the what, Lightning McQueen just opened. <laughs> right, like, it even says recently opened. Um, and then Akuna Matata time at Animal Kingdom will end. Um, I think I found more, too. I gotta look back here um oh the royal majesty makers are the jolly revelers who take part in the opening ceremony at magic kingdom each Mm. morning um and then it also says epcot is losing its folklorico dancers and the coco puppet show completely and the taiko drummers and the jammiters will usually which they usually perform seven days a week have been cut back to five days a week yeah, and uh, I think there's some stuff in Animal Kingdom getting cut as well. Oh, well, this only said that one. Well, the Akuna Matata and something else. Um, I don't know, that's all I read about that one. But yeah, I think you're right. There's some other kind of show that, like, performers. Performers, or yeah. Yeah, um, that got cut. I don't know why that wasn't on this list, but you're right, I did see that. Uh, it is disappointing. Like, that's the kind of stuff that makes Disney Disney, having these little extras thrown in there, you know? Um, and it helps take up some of the time from people all standing in line for rides, you know? So, I don't know. I- I've read a lot of people who are very, very, very upset about it because, you know... They're constantly raising prices, but you want to take more stuff away. Like, what? What are we paying for then? If you're not, if you're like taking stuff away to save money, you know what I mean? Right. So. Well, that's probably coming due to the Galaxy's Edge expansions. Um, with how expensive they are, uh, that's probably playing some sort of factor in here. And. You know, attendance has been down just across both resorts for the year. So, partly due to that is, like you said, the increase of prices. So, if you increase prices and nobody comes, then you're going to have to start making cuts. Um, Yeah, but I mean, other than that, I mean, obviously they're not cutting anything super huge. Um... And then there will go to a period again where they expand entertainment again, and then it's going to get cut again. It's just it's a cycle that continues to happen. Yeah. So, uh, not much else really to say about that. And uh, you said you had some of the uh, aqu- aqua stuff? Tell me what this is. I have no idea what this stuff is, by the way. Okay. 
came up. I saw something else. Um, so it's, you know how, like, they had the, what is it, like, Millennium Pink and the Rose Gold mm-hmm. or, you know, where everything was that color? Yeah. Well, now, just recently, I think it was just before we went the last time, like, two or three weeks ago, they came out with Arendelle Aqua. Now uh-huh. there is Arendelle Aqua everything. Like, you name it, you go into any of those stores, like the Emporium and stuff like that, there is a whole section of clothes and, you know, book bags, the ears, different shirts, the spirit jersey. I had a picture of it. Um, but just a whole thing. It's just like a light blue color. Yeah. But not only that, now different resorts and parks have Arendelle Aqua snacks. Mm. Um, so there's a a drink at the Geyser Point at Wilderness Lodge. It's called Worth Melting For. It's an alcoholic drink, vodka, uh, tropical flavored syrup, pineapple juice. Um, they have Arendelle Aqua Mickey-shaped macaroons, um, sugar drop donuts at Intermission Food Court at the All-Star Music. There's, like, two different cupcake options at different places. Um, trying to think. There's a special drink in Epcot. That one actually sounded good, and for some reason... It looks like I didn't take a screenshot of the, like, what's exactly in that one. Mm. Um, I want to say, what's that place at Disney Springs, Amaretz? Is that what it is? I you know what I'm talking about? No. Like the pastry place, or no? No, I don't think I do. Where, where is it at on there? Um, like, right outside of, okay, if you're going out of the world of Disney, going mm-hmm. towards all the new stuff, it's like right there as you leave there to the left if you're leaving World of Disney. Yeah, I'm not sure um, what that one's called. It's like, it's not even like a restaurant. It's basically like a bakery. It's just all sweets and pastries and stuff. And then I know mm. that they have like the classes where you can learn different, um, how to make the different cakes and stuff. Um, but anyway, they have special drinks and desserts and stuff there Sprinkles as well. Sprinkles or, okay, there's one called Amaretto. Past theory, yeah, and there's also yeah. sprinkles down there. Oh no no, amaranth. Um, and then at Storybook Treats, I believe it was in Magic Kingdom, they have a Arendelle Aqua cone, ice cream cone. So it's a blue ice cream cone with blue ice cream and white Mickey heads on it, and the blue ice cream is cotton candy flavored. Mm. So Nathan will probably want to try that. <laughs> I hear him now. Um, The other thing that I just read is starting October 1st, um, Mickey and Minnie will no longer be in their birthday outfits at Magic Kingdom. Oh, really? Yep, so... They are going to be, he will go back to his magician outfit at the Town Square Theater. And Minnie, you can find 
um, in the tent near yeah. Story Storybook <clears throat> Circus with Daisy, Donald, and Goofy on October 1st and 2nd. Starting October 3rd, she'll return to Pete's Silly Sideshow in her mini Magnifique outfit. Mm. What, um, what does that guy do with the budget cuts, you think? They already have the alpha made, right? No, I don't think it has anything to do oh, okay. with it. I know that they've been talking about their birthday outfits ending soon. So. Oh, okay. Um, Pluto, you can find him around Storybook Circus in the morning. Um, he'll also meet guests during the afternoon in the tent beginning October 1st. Uh, Chip and Dale... They wander around Frontierland in the morning and head over to Splash Mountain exit in the afternoon. Hmm. And then Anastasia, Drizella, and the Fairy Godmother, they will be meeting guests at the Castle Archways next to Pinocchio Village House. Nice. I guess those are just some minor little character changes I just saw that were coming. Um... I don't know if I had anything else for... <clears throat> do you think this Arendelle Aqua stuff is for Frozen 2 push, or do you think they're like, you know what, we can make our own... Because Rose Gold wasn't made by them, right? Correct. Right. And, and then they had the purple, like purple went, you know... Yeah, they, yeah. But, but I was just thinking, like, if there's the, a way that they can capitalize on this trend of stuff and be like, you know what, we can make our own that might catch up. Right. And they're really, they are definitely pushing it more because there's so many different snacks and drinks that they came out with for it, you know? Um, right. And yeah, like they can call it their own Arendelle Aqua, you know what I mean? They make their own thing off of it. But I know people are really liking it, that's for sure. Hmm. Like, I've seen a lot of people purchasing the stuff. I mean, anything that they do... No matter what color they end up releasing it in, people buy it. Yeah. Crazy for it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm not sure if it's directly related to the Frozen Two thing or if it was just like, okay, now it's time for our next. Right. Color. Maybe probably a bit of both. Yeah. Um. What else would I have? I also had that. Well, this isn't really park. I guess in a way it is. DVC, the minimum point buy-in, increased to 100 points. I believe it was 50 points before, maybe Uh, 75. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, and then the only other thing I had was about Tokyo Disneyland. Oh, yeah, I guess give us that info that you you said you had earlier. Um, So in Tokyo, um, Tomorrowland is going to have a new... The Big Hero 6 inspired attraction called The Happy Ride with Baymax. In that experience, guests get their own personal health care companion and take off on an exciting ride that swings them around. Uh, we'll also feature The Big Pop, a brand new outer space themed shop brimming with popcorn. Cool. Uh, part of the expansion encompasses Toontown, where beginning in April, guests will be. Um, able to meet Minnie Mouse in person for the very first time in Minnie's style studio. Inside the castle, guests can experience the Enchanted Tale of Beauty and the Beast attraction, 
safety experience features a musical adventure in ride vehicles that move and dance in rhythm with melodies we remember from the animated film. And uh, as guests venture deeper into the forest, they will come upon the Fantasyland Forest Theater. It's the first full-scale indoor theater at Tokyo Disneyland. Uh, the new Fantasyland expansion will have a heavy bell and beast presence. Guests will be able to walk into Bell's Village. The village will feature Maurice's cottage where he lives. Uh, Gaston's fountain will also be in the village, and the Beauty and the Beast castle will sit regally high abo- above the village and the forest. Hmm. Sounds like I'm going to have to go to Tokyo. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But that sounds awesome. like a I would love to see. Um, I mean, I know we have Be Our Guest. Um, and also that other one is opening in Grand Floridian. I've heard a lot about the the Bells. Um, I cannot think. Is it called the Enchanted Rose? Something like that, yeah. Um, opening, but I would also really, really love for them to bring some kind of Big Hero 6 thing in. I think that would be great to take over the Stitch area in Tomorrowland. Yes. Yes, it would. So, I, and I feel like once it's on their radar in another park, it's possible that they'll add it to other parks. Like, that they're even thinking of that movie for an attraction. Yeah, it's, it's a, easy to clone. It's easy to clone a um, a ride or attraction. Right, right. Yeah. Like, I feel like then they're like, oh, yeah, like, Big Mac and Big Hero 6 is on their radar, at least. Right. So. Right. We'll see. All right, well, that is our park news, so we're going to jump over to a lot of movie stuff that we have here, starting with Twitch. Disney released a Frozen 2 trailer um, that people are raving about. Did you get a chance to watch it? Yeah, I did. Um, I mean, I mean, it looks good. It looks very, like, different. action. looks very action. different from Frozen 1, which is great. Right. You know, which is great, because... Right. Here's the thing, whenever they did their direct-to-TV stuff or direct-to-video stuff, it was always like almost a retread of what we had just seen in the last film. You know, like if you look at Aladdin, Return to Jafar, as much as I like that movie, they bring back Jafar after they just finished beating Jafar. Um, And then, you know, you have to come up with all these ways to keep it the same. But, uh, yeah, they're wearing different outfits. They are on a different adventure, uh, it's still not very clear what it's about, but the lore of the trailer starts with the king, uh, you know, Anna and Elsa's father, telling them uh, as kids a story of this town or, you know, kingdom that uh, was completely enveloped by mist at some point and nobody could get in or out. We do see later that Elsa is... Something calls her to get there. We're not really sure what. She says it's a voice. And uh, they they go on the journey together to get to this kingdom. And she's able to use her powers to part the fog. And people are like, hey, you know, how'd you even get in here? Uh, and, and that's pretty much the main thought of the trailer. Uh, then, you know, you do see a lot of different stuff going on. And uh, it just looks really, yeah, action heavy adventure story which looks cool and I'm glad we get to see Frozen 2 and it's not just going to be more of a snow wasteland you know we get to see this almost like autumnish type of look yeah as yeah. you're trying to find this kingdom so 
I'm excited for it. Um, this is what they needed to do, you know, make a totally different movie with these characters, and it just looks like... You know, if you think about it, if a kid was, let's say, five or six when this movie came out originally, Frozen 1, they are now 11 or 12. So it's, you know, kind of growing up with them. Like, hey, you may not be so interested in this other thing that we did anymore, or, you know, you may... Here, here's this cool adventure story that you might want to see with these same characters you love type of thing. Well, I was going to say that, and I think with the whole more, like, adventure type of thing, you're taking a movie that had this, you know, these princesses that these kids, the little girls, like, loved, right. but now you can kind of also still appeal to the boys that, you know, liked it when they were, like, five but a 10 or 11 year old isn't gonna you know well and also it's appealing to adults i see a lot of adults like hey this is this looks great and think about it this way if they were 12 when this movie came out they're now 18 right (laughs) which is just mind-blowing to me um it is i mean that's crazy yeah so you know they are now able to uh you know watch it makes it interesting for them it's like the characters grew up with them um, and that it's a more, you know, different story and not, like you said, a, a very princess oriented, you know, Frozen kind of turned those stereotypes on its head to begin with, with the whole Anna, uh, you know, going to get married and Elsa's like, you just met him, you know, and, uh, and then not having a really traditional love interest for Elsa and it being about sisterly love really threw all that stuff away. And instead of just trying to do that again or you know whatever you're able to just say oh maybe we're gonna we're just gonna go to this other kingdom and have this new story which kind of expands the world of frozen you know we'll get to see outside of arendelle and i'm i'm kind of curious some people are wondering is this a way that their parents could have survived could they have when they went somewhere get in this kingdom that is covered in mist and still be alive actually I wondered that too. Like, if that's where they're going with it, type of thing. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, I don't know if they could pull that off because the issue. Only because I feel like that would break the other thing that everybody always says about is that Disney movies always have parents killed off or only one parent, you know. Right, right, right. Well, the the only reason why I would say I would be hesitant to, to work that is because then I guess the king and queen might come back, right? And then. Elsa's no longer queen. I don't. It just seems kind of like you sure. get it kind of into a weird territory there. Um, unless if they then say, you know what, we're just going to stay here in this in this area. Yeah. But um, it, it makes you wonder too. Is this going to be about somebody else with other powers? You know, uh, that caused the mist or that's causing these troubles. That's a good thought. I didn't think that. Yeah, but I guess we will find out. It just looks really good. It looks totally different from Frozen 1, which is great. And uh, kind of what I want to see from a sequel. You know, I think at times, when you look at it, Wreck-It Ralph 2 was a little too close to Wreck-It Ralph 1. It didn't do too much different. It did internet instead of regular arcade games, but it wasn't different enough compared to, like, these look totally opposite. Totally different. Yeah. So I'm excited for that. Uh, what else we want to talk about here is we have Disney Plus 
is available for pre-order. Uh, that's no special deal. You can just pre-order it for the $6.99 a month or the $69.99 yearly deal. Um, so if you want to pre-order something that you don't really need to pre-order, you can go ahead and do that. Um, I mean, I guess then you don't have to worry about whenever it goes live on the 12th, you're able to just jump right on without having to sign yeah. up. So. I was like, I don't understand that. It's not like it's going to run out. Right, right. Uh, and speaking of Disney Plus, the Netherlands have got a free trial of Disney Plus all the way up to November 12th. I think they had to pay one euro just to kind of activate it, but um, uh, for some reason I, I don't know. But they kept saying free trial. But uh, it is uh, up and running there. They're doing a beta test over there for it, and people are now saying you know, sending pictures of what's on the service, and that's leaking, and everybody's like, oh, this is what's going to be on America's, don't buy into that, there's different rights that have to be figured out when you talk about global rights, or American rights to stream, um, you know, there's some things that stream over here on Hulu, that stream over on Netflix in the UK, and that's because there is no Hulu outside of America. So there are, you know, different, you know, different deals and licenses that go through here. So when everybody's saying, oh, all these Marvel films are on there, uh, that's not going to be the case here. Uh, we're going to have, they've confirmed three Marvel films so far, and that is Iron Man 1, Thor the Dark World, and Captain Marvel. There might be more. Um, but as of on D23.com, those are the only three confirmed Marvel films. Uh, Star Wars over in Netherlands have, they have Last Jedi on there. That's not going to be on there yet. Uh, that's still under the deal with Netflix, that and Solo. So we're going to have to wait for those to, to fall off of there later this year or next year. And... Yeah, so, you know, you keep seeing these lists, you know, circulating. Uh, people, you know, the Spider-Man and X-Men uh, Fox cartoons are showing on there as well, which I don't... I, I'm kind of up in the air if they're going to be on there or not. We don't know who's who owns the rights to those in America for streaming. There's another uh. deal in place, you know. I'm hoping that they're on there, but I'm not taking anything for granted just because it's on Netherlands. Right. Um, uh, Adventures in Babysitting was on there, the original, 1987. Adventures in Babysitting was on the Netherlands Disney Plus, but was removed. Um, huh. Most people, it is PG-13 movie, but most people think the reason why it was removed is, do you know what they say in that movie? Oh, yeah. They dropped the F word. Um, so that may have been removed just to keep the Disney brand. Yeah. Um, so that yeah, that's not um, that's no longer on there. But they did. It was cool for the moment that they had that on there, and then they also have their Disney <laughs> Channel adventures and babysitting on there as well. Because um, they own the rights to those. And yeah, so if you see a list circulating online, I don't think any of those are all confirmed. Just wait um, until we get to. <laughs> you know, until we get to release or hopefully closer to release when they start announcing more stuff. 
but it's just been interesting to watch the, you know, like, people scrolling through the UI and, like, the, the profile options. Like, Oswalt's an option, so that's going to be my profile picture on there. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, so going on to some of the biggest news that we've had here, uh, Kevin Feige is producing a Star Wars movie for Lucasfilm. Kevin Feige is the president of Marvel Studios. He's been pr- a producer on all of the MCU. So uh, he's the one that makes all the decisions and kind of plots where this story is going. Yeah, so he's going to be jumping on to do a Star Wars movie. He's a huge Star Wars fan. Uh, he said he was a Star Wars fan before he was a Marvel fan. So uh, this is a this is a big deal for him, and I'm glad he gets to be able to go do that. Uh, some people are saying that this could lead to a bigger role within Lucasfilm. It's what Variety was reported as saying some people were thinking. But then they also said some people just see this as a one-off for, for Kevin. So I guess the truth is there's no, n- nothing... Nothing to be known there. But Alan Horn did comment on this. So this is happening. Uh, he said Kathy, you know, Kathleen Kennedy is going to be working on the Indiana Jones movie and some other Lucasfilm properties coming up. And now with the Skywalker saga ending, they think it's a great time for Kevin to step in and tell a new story. So we'll see what this means for the, the Game of Thrones creators, Star Wars series, and Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Uh, that keep getting kind of like pushed back a bit here. Um, we There is a Star Wars movie releasing in 2022. We don't know what that is. Is it going to be this Kevin Feige one, or is it going to be, which originally was going to be the Game of Thrones creator's uh, first movie. So I guess we'll see as we get closer. Um, Deborah Chow is a director. She is directing a few episodes of The Mandalorian, and she is now going to be the director of the Obi-Wan uh, star uh, Disney Plus series. So, congrats to her. Huh. And then the biggest news that shocked everybody on was it a Friday? It was Friday, wasn't it? Um, Spider-Man oh, yeah. is back like, in the <laughs> MCU. Uh, Sony and Disney come back to the table, make a deal. They're gonna get Disney's gonna get 25% of the profits. And uh, they will be making one more solo film and one team-up film. Uh, and we don't... And that's the extent of the deal as it is now. It can get renewed. The original deal was for two films as well. The original deal was for Civil War and Homecoming. Then the next deal that they extended was for Far From Home and the two Avenger films. So this is now the third deal under this. So, I mean, it can be extended. Past. Yeah, yeah past this. That's where we are, right? But I am, uh, let me tell you, I'm very glad that this is happening now because I feel like we get to finally resolve this cliffhanger. Uh, and it's going to be, you know, the Marvel Studios version of this cliffhanger resolving and not Sony just having to now do whatever they want and Spider-Man disappear forever from the MCU on this hanging thread uh, that I, I was kind of worried about. it. I bought the digital copy of Spider-Man Far From Home on Vudu and then they mail me the disc later uh, on their disc plus digital f- uh, option. 
Um, so you can get the digital copy way ahead of time, like, you know, the, the day it comes out, and then you get the right. disc when the disc comes out. Um, Voodoo doesn't, you know, Disney doesn't let Voodoo do it on theirs, so I was able to do it for Spider-Man. Because uh, it's Sony. But it was, uh, I had a tough time, actually, watching. Every time I'd see it pop up, I had this, my stomach just with like twist in my body and I was like I yeah, I know I shouldn't take it that seriously but I was like I don't even want to think about this movie right now because I'm going to think about that ending and then just knowing it never gets resolved you know and I was like I can't even look at it right now so I didn't even watch it um Friday night when the news broke, I turned the movie on when I was laying in bed, though. I was like, I can watch this <laughs> I now know, I can. <laughs> without any regrets or, you know, like, worry. Um, I didn't even watch any of the special feature stuff yet because I was just like, I don't even want to think about this movie right now. I'm just going to take a break from it. But it is good to know. And what they announced, too, is that the third Spider-Man film will be released on July 16th of 2021. So I know when we walked out of the movie and you texted me and said, when is the next Spider-Man movie? <laughs> I said, it's probably going to be 2021. Well, here we are. That's how they've been doing them. They've been doing them every two years for Spider-Man. Um, and he will appear in another movie other than that. They said a team-up. Uh, it could be that he's just in somebody else's movie. I don't know which one, though. If you look at the slate of films right now... I don't know if it would be Doctor Strange, just because, while it would work, I think, uh, that one comes out before Spider-Man 3, so I don't know if you want to put him in oh, there before right, that. Right. So, it, the only movie after Spider-Man 3 that's listed right now is Thor, Rag, uh, Thor Love and Thunder, and I don't think he fits in there at all. They got a lot of ground to cover on that one. And then we have Black Panther the following year. I don't think he really fits into that one. And eventually Guardians in 2022 as well. Don't think he fits in that one. So well, I, was gonna say, I when, don't know what movie he's going to be in. Have to be? Like, is there kind of some kind of? Well, no, I don't. Th I don't think there's a time frame. But let's say that they do want to extend this deal. Right. Uh, they're releasing these films every two years. So you're looking at 2023 would be the next Spider-Man. So right. I would, it'd have to be before then, is, is what I would think. So, but I'm just really excited because we we finally get to see this cliffhanger. Uh, now, please, on the third one, don't end it on a cliffhanger. <laughs> just yeah. Well, I would hope that especially now. Yeah. Uh, don't do you that. Know, they know that how much of a hassle this was. They shouldn't keep people in suspense for the next one. Yeah, yeah. Please don't do that. And now they have John Watts in talks to direct the third one. He directed the first two. So, uh, I believe he's going to sign on there and he's going to be the first Marvel director to complete a trilogy. So, wow. Yeah, because the Russos jumped in on Winter Soldier, so that was already on the second film of the trilogy. Uh, Kenneth Branagh left the Thor trilogy, so that's been a different director for each one of those, except for Thor 4 coming up. Iron Man had Jon Favreau for 1 and 2, and then Shane Black for number 3. The Avengers had had Joss Whedon for 1 and 2, and then Russo's for 3 and 4. 
Uh, and then other than that, there haven't really been a third film for anything yet. Guardians was going to be... James Gunn was going to be the first one to complete a trilogy. So here, here's what's funny. He was going to be the first one, and he got fired. Right? Uh-huh. Then he got rehired. And people were like, well, John Watts is going to beat him to being that third one now anyway. And then this whole thing happened. And then people were like, okay, I guess he's not going to be the first one. He's going to go back to James Gunn being the first director to finish the trilogy. And then this news about it being together again happened. They're like, no, no, John Watts is going to be the first one. You know, because now it's dated as a 2021. And we know that, we know that, um, uh, Guardian's not going to be until probably 2022 at this rate because they've already announced 2021. I I really wish it was 2021 because the ride should be open 2021. Right, right. Well, that'll be our Guardians fix for that year, I guess. Um, the good thing is, while it will have been a while from Guardians 2, which was in 2017, they were heavily featured in Infinity War and Endgame that it doesn't feel like that long since we've seen them. So. Right, right, right. That's the good thing. Uh, but yeah, so I'm really excited. Uh can't believe it happened i was actually you know i i'd said i'm sure i said it on this show too that i thought they were going to get back together but on literally last sunday i was driving somewhere with joy and she asked me if the the deal's still off right because she was gonna i think post something on facebook about it Uh and i was like yeah and i was like you know what and i don't even think it's going to happen at this rate i said it's, (laughs) it's, it's taking a while uh they've been very clear that they're able to move on and sony's you know, already starting. I think they had had something where like they were starting the script soon or something. I was like, yeah, I'm not too. Uh, I don't think it's actually going to happen. Um, so of course, you know, of course, like I say that like, and then it happens. But yeah, like you know, how long is this going to go on? Right. Right. Uh, and, uh, yeah, once we got to D23 and people were still kind of pessimistic about it and everything, and then it was a whole month after D23, and you're like, okay, there hasn't really been any news, right? Any legit news. There was a lot of fake news of people saying, like, oh, the deal is going to be renewed for seven movies, and you're like, come on. That's, right, that's right. not happening. Neither of these companies are making a long-term deal like that right now. Because Sony might get bought out. Uh, the rights are up in the air if they revert oh, yeah. to Marvel or if they go with it. Uh, I've seen some people have actually seen the contract and posted that with the wording, let's say Apple bought Sony, that Apple would then have the rights to Spider-Man. So Apple's on pretty good terms with Disney, though, so it could it could sell the rights back, but you never know. Uh, and then we just have some things. Bob Iger released a book about being a CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Um, and uh, it's the it's called Ride of the Lifetime. Lessons learned from 15 years from CEO of the Walt Disney Company. Wow. And there's been some snippets making its way around the internet here. So one snippet that was uh, interesting was in relation to The Force Awakens. Um, and George Lucas and the whole Star... There's a chapter on the Star Wars sale. There is a um, chapter on the Pixar sale. 
and there is a chapter on the Marvel sale. Um, so there is a part here. So Bob Iger says here that we uh, George Lucas had made outlines for three new movies when it made its deal to acquire Lucasfilm in 2012. Uh, it was... Uh, Bob Iger read those and said, we decided we needed to buy them, uh, though we made it clear in the purchase agreement that we would not be contractually obligated to adhere to the plot lines he had laid out. Uh, you know, Disney and Lucasfilm did not follow Lucas's plot line. Uh, and when he sent uh, J.J. and Michael Arndt and Kathleen Kennedy up to meet George Lucas to discuss their plot line, uh, George immediately got upset. Uh, this is from Bob Iger here. George immediately got upset as they began to describe the plot, and it dawned on him that, that we were not using one of the stories he submitted during the negotiation. George knew we weren't contractually bound to anything, but he thought that our buying the story treatments was a tacit promise that we'd follow them, and he was disappointed that his story was being discarded. I'd been so careful since our first conversation not to mislead him in any way, and I didn't think I had now, but I could have handled it better. George felt betrayed, and while this whole process would never have been easy for him, we'd gotten off to an unnecessarily rocky start. Uh, then he goes on to say that um, Lucas did not hide his disappointment after being screened the Force Awakens, saying there's nothing new. Uh, in you know, in each of the films in the original trilogy, it was important for him to present new worlds, new stories, new characters, and new technologies. In this one, he said there weren't enough visual or technical leaps forward. He wasn't wrong, but he was also wasn't appreciate, appreciating the pressure we were under to give ardent fans a film that was quintessentially Star Wars. Um. We intentionally created a world that was visually and tonally connected to the earlier films to not stray too far from what people love and expected, and George was criticizing us for the very thing we were trying to do. So that was uh, that was part of it there. Um, you know, what people, you know, so this created a whole thing where people are, like, upset about that. Um, but... Uh, George make it, made it pretty clear, uh, anyway, um, that he didn't like The Force Awakens beforehand and called Disney white flavors at some point. Um, but, one thing to know that is, uh, what kind of position Disney was in at this time is, the prequels were a joke. I mean, I love the prequels, but people hated them. And people, they made a whole documentary about how George Lucas ruined their childhood. Uh, it's called uh, The People vs. George Lucas. I watched it on Netflix one time. It was just a whole bunch of people moaning and complaining. So, of course, you know, Disney decided they have to go back to what people uh, universally yeah. liked. And, like, and, and, liked. Yeah. and also it makes, makes sense. sense because this took place after those original trilogies, not after the prequels. So, you know... It's gonna stay kind of consistent. They had way more familiarity anyway. Right, like. right, right. But I mean, I get it too. I mean, if George felt like he was misled, that you know, that's gotta be part of the uh, part of an issue there. Um, another interesting 
thing coming out from his book, and Slash Film has an article about this on SlashFilm.com. Uh, so, uh, when Disney bought Pixar in 2006, <clears throat> they hired John Lasseter and Ed Catmull um, to be part of, you know, the Walt Disney Animation uh, as well. Um, but Walt Disney Animation back in 2006 wasn't doing so hot, you know, like Chicken Little, I think, was one of the last films before 2006. Uh-huh. Home on the Range has got to be on there, too, which is the worst Disney film of all time. Hold on. Um, yeah. Let me uh, let me see if I can find a list here. So let's go to 2000. Okay, 2005 was Chicken Little. 2004 was Home on the Range. 2003 was Brother Bear. So that's kind of where we were at at that point. 2007 was Meet the Robinsons. And that's before... I think he really kind of got in there and, uh, you know, Bolt starts the era of John Lasseter. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Bob Iger says he didn't yet have a complete sense of just how broken Disney animation was. uh, And that was due to a series of expensive failures like Hercules and Chicken Little. And wow, Hercules is like a favorite. Yeah, it just didn't do well, money-wise. Yeah, yeah. And I, while movies like Mulan and Lilo and Stitch were considered to be better, their success with critics at the box office was nothing compared to the Renaissance. Um, speaking with USA Today back in the fall of 2012, John Lasseter admitted there was some discussion about shutting down Disney Animation. But he said, we were not going to let that happen on our watch. We were determined to save the legacy of Walt Disney's amazing studio and bring it back to the creative level it had to be. Saving this heritage was squarely on our shoulders. And what that discussion, when they said there was discussion of closing down Disney Animation, Slash Film says that, according to Bob Iger's book, that mostly came from Steve Jobs, who was the creator of Pixar, one of the creators of Pixar. Uh... After Disney's acquisition of Pixar, Steve Jobs became an influential part of the company. He was the largest single shareholder in the company after the deal went through and was on Disney's board. Um, But Iger had a really friendly relationship with Jobs. uh, Iger said, whenever I wanted to do something big, I talked it over with him to get his advice before taking it to the full board. Steve's voice mattered in our boardroom. They had such respect for him. So, once Pixar came into the fold, Jobs floated the idea of shutting down Disney Animation and just having Pixar Animation at that point. Um, And just making animated films at Pixar. Even John Lasseter and Ed Catmull, who came from Pixar, hated that idea. And Bob Bob Iger says, I rejected it. So, I don't know. Do you think if that were to happen that some of these movies like... Tangled, Wreck-It Ralph, Frozen, Big Hero 6, Zootopia, would those just have been Pixar films? Or would Pixar stick with the movies that they have been making with their type of style? Right, right. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, that was a very interesting discussion. I mean, I'm glad it didn't happen. I mean, you you can't just cancel the company Walt Disney started. That just feels wrong to just say, well, we're going to go with Pixar now. So I'm glad that that was stopped by... Uh, John Laster and Ed Catmull and and Bob Iger there. Um, 
But I can see what Steve Jobs is thinking. Like, why have two computer animated studios going at the same time? Right. But, you know, because they can produce very different movies. That's why, Steve. Um, so, yeah, it was a uh, pretty pretty interesting book. I want to I kind of get his book and actually read through all of it. You know, apparently there's lots of good tidbits in there like that. So, just love to get some more info on, on all this kind of stuff going on with Star Wars, Marvel, Pixar, and just what it's like to be CEO of the biggest company, biggest media company in the world right now. Yeah, crazy. But that uh, that pretty much wraps us up here. Uh, not much else going on here. Uh, you know, uh, I do want to say happy two years. This is our two-year anniversary of podcasting was this week on the 24th of September. So thank you everybody who's been listening for the past two years and hopefully we can go uh, another two more. <laughs> or or more than that, I guess. But, <laughs> I was going to say, okay. <laughs> yeah, just four sounds good. Wrap it up. Um, but yeah, so we'll be, uh, you know, we're just grateful for everybody that listens. And I guess from there we will be wrapping up this show. You can contact us on facebook.com slash beyond the dreams podcast gmail instagram. yeah instagram is that what behind the dreams podcast yeah um twitter is at bt disney podcast um what is that other one the email is beyond the dreams podcast at gmail.com uh you can also you know just leave a comment on our facebook posts or instagram and we can you know read those on air if you have any interesting things to say or any stories you want to tell us about your trips to galaxy's edge or the disney skyliner let us know before my wife uh will agree to get on there because she's kind of nervous about getting on one of those so um just let us know how they are if you if you test those out and uh yeah so that's about that, that about does it so thank you so much for listening not just this week but for the last two years and we will catch you all next time bye